0: So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week, to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. You are in for a treat today. I'm super excited to introduce today's host, Dr. Nina Polinay. She sits with me on the Wondermind Advisory Board, and she is California-based, like I am, Uh, We're both Tupac and (laughs) West Coast. Um, She's a licensed clinical psychologist and business consultant. She's inhabited many professional roles, such as a clinical professor, author, and speaker. And she helps her community by highlighting and translating the relationship between emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness in order to explore and discover our most authentic, empowering selves. Additionally, she is a couple therapist, expert, and um, enjoys helping individuals create mindful, healthy, and playful playful connection. I think we need more play in our lives for sure. Her intention is to break down important wellness topics while mixing it up with her vivacious personality and spirited humor. Dr. Nina can be found on Instagram at drninapol. Y N E. And uh, she may be spitting something on her own, or she may be bringing on a guest. Either way, you're going to love her. There's so much wisdom in not only what she says, but also I love how she presents herself. Enjoy.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Dr. Nina. Welcome to today's episode on how to cope with burnout through interior design. This certainly isn't an episode on HGTV, and you don't need to be a professional at-home design to connect with us today. We're going to explore the definition of burnout, which I'm sure we've all experienced at some point in our lives, and how exploring our creative sides can help. I could not be more excited to welcome my very dear friend, Dr. Taylor, to help me explore this topic She holds a master's degree in psychology and a doctoral degree in social work. I would add that she's also an incredibly impressive statistician, AKA statistics genius. She is what I would describe as a multi-hyphenate and she has mastered many creative professional positions. I will have her share them with you in just a bit. She's an excellent vegan chef and I remember this is something that we bonded over. I'm vegan and I like to eat and she loves to cook. It was the perfect friendship. We also bonded over our love of live concerts. We've been to a lot together. My favorite being Ricky Martin, Viva Puerto Rico. And we always enjoy hearing new music. So since Dr. Taylor is a music extraordinaire, I I will ask her to share her top five songs that relate to this episode on home design. If you're also a music fan, stay tuned until the end so that you can hear her selections. Dr. Taylor, welcome to Single on Purpose podcast. Could you introduce yourself
2: to the listeners? I am a homelessness and housing researcher, former therapist, and my work focuses on improving mental health and health outcomes among uh, individuals who have experienced homelessness. Uh, I'm a designer, mostly an interior designer at this point, uh, but also dabble in uh, wedding design and planning. Um I'm a wife, a daughter, a friend, a sister, a cat mom, a music fanatic, and last but certainly not least a chips and salsa lover. So so
1: so good. Yes. So do you like guacamole too?
2: I do love guacamole, uh but salsa really has my heart. And okay. and spicy salsa. Yeah. I was just going to ask if you like it spicy or like medium. No, everything's spicy. You're hardcore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So Dr. Taylor, do you remember when we met like for the first time?
2: I think so though. It's one of those, it's one of those friendships that it's like hard to pinpoint the exact day because we, we were like crossing in different spheres. So, Mm -hmm. uh, But I think we met at UCLA.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did meet at UCLA. I just remember like you had the best fashion sense. I was like, who is this girl walking down these UCLA hallways, looking fly? And I think we had like bonded over, I'm sure being, you know, eating vegan food or like yes. music and shows and all of that. And then we decided that we were going to hang out. So, uh, and then, like you said, the rest is history. So, uh, been, you know, there for each other, all our major milestones and, you know, I was at your beautiful wedding. It was like the most gorgeous event of my life. Um, and Thank something you. that you had put together yourself, which is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, that's sort of where it all started, at least with, uh, with wedding planning and design, Mm -hmm. uh, was with, with my own wedding. Um, realizing like, I kind of like this and I can do this. Well, we're going to
1: tap into a lot more of that today, Um, but yeah, since we're both music fans, of course, we have to start out with just asking, uh, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, what artists do you feel like people are really sleeping on, which like for all you listeners out there means like, you know, the artists that are so incredibly great, but people just don't really know about them or haven't really listened to them a ton. Um, So what artists would that be for you?
2: So one artist that I'm pretty obsessed with right now uh, and whose music did a lot for me emotionally during the pandemic is Kwaku Asante. Um, He's based out of the UK um, and his music is probably best described as like neo-soul though he's a bit hard to sort of pinpoint in terms of music genre because um and actually that's intentional uh i i recently read some articles about him that he he went to grad school um and then decided to pursue music uh in 2017 and uh that he's he's his approach to music is that he does not want to be um pinpointed that he doesn't Hmm. want to be uh yeah held to a specific music genre um so I, think that's I really pretty appreciate incredible. That.
1: he kind of yeah. he stays in his own lane and he can be super unique with his style I think that's really awesome I gotta check him out definitely highly yeah. recommend um so for me I would say that like I mean I don't feel like people really slept on King Princess but like I really do feel like whoever her producers are like I don't know if she produces her own music. I just think that like she's so creative with her music style and I think it's something very different and unique. Um and I know like in terms of like her how she shows up in the world, she is very like, you know, in her own authenticity. Um and I think you you know her, right? You you've listened to her music. Yes.
2: I love her and and I I agree that she it's she's been around but just starting to get onto the scene and, uh, and I'm obsessed. Yeah. I'm I'm so good.
1: And, you know, we do have like an honorable mention with WizKid. Nobody's sleeping on WizKid at this point. I mean, like his, he's a Nigerian singer, songwriter. Uh, he has his own style as well. And like, has really been so incredible in terms of like the Afrobeats like community. And so, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's sleeping on his music, but I think we both just bond over just loving him.
2: Love him and burn a boy. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my
1: gosh. All the things. Yeah. You could listen to them forever. Um, so what concerts are you going to this year?
2: Well, I'm going to a John Mayer concert with you, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. in uh, April. In April, um, very excited to see him. He, I mean, he was he was a bit of a surprise for me the last time that we saw him. I mean, I know he's amazing, but he was just phenomenal live. So
1: incredible, such a great talent in terms of like his guitar skills. I think are just really unmatched. And it was funny because like you and I had gone to that first concert for Yebba, actually, because Yebba was opening for him and she wasn't doing any solo sets. And so we're like, okay, well, let's just go to this John Mayer concert to see Yebba. But then we stayed for John Mayer and we're like, oh, we actually really love this concert.
2: Yeah. And it's really cool to to see someone. I mean, I know he just put out an album, so there'll be different music, but just to see someone again in a short period of time is really nice. Um, I've done that a few times with different artists and and it's just like, cause every time is a different experience. So I, I love that. Um, I'm also very excited to see Jill Scott. Uh, Ooh. she is performing, uh, and touring for the first time in a really long time. And so I'm, I'm just so pumped. And of course, um, uh, Beyonce.
1: Oh, you're going to go to the Renaissance
2: I'm tour? I'm manifesting it. Uh, I don't have tickets.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, do you have tickets?
2: (laughs) But you know, Beyonce, if you're listening, I'm here. I'm ready for them.
1: And don't you guys share like the same birthday or something like that?
2: No, I mean, I like to think that we do, but uh, but no, no, she's a Virgo. I'm a Leo. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's different. Oh, yeah, because she has that song Virgo's Groove or something like that. Yes. Yes. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are like buying tickets in europe for beyonce and like flying there because i think you can just get tickets easier there and so um yeah i have lots of friends traveling to like england and sweden to go see beyonce because who knows if this is going to be you know i'm sure it's not gonna be her last tour but this was definitely just such an incredible album so i know that a lot of people really want to make sure that they can make
2: it yeah, absolutely. I would. I I would be down to go to Europe and see her too. So, well, those um, concerts
1: sound I'm amazing. Hoping. Yes, yes. Um, and I think for me, the only one outside of the ones you already mentioned that I'm gonna go see is um, I'm seeing Maggie Rogers in San Diego like this coming week. Have you seen her before?
2: No, but I'm. I really like her. I I think I only discovered her music maybe last year. Um, and And I was thinking about going and seeing her. Did she, she recently toured not too long ago, I think as well. She
1: recently toured, I think she has a new album that came out I think in 2022, but the one, the album that I really liked released in 2019. And it has that song called Alaska on it. I think that's the one she's most like known for. Um, and for those of you who are listening, you can check out like YouTube, you can search Maggie Rogers and Pharrell because she was taking some kind of course and she played that song for pharrell and he his face just lit up he just thought it was the most incredible song and coming from such a master producer like if you have Pharrell co-signing your work. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. And so I love watching that because I think she was at the beginning of her career and, you know, that's like an artist's dream is to like play your music for someone like Pharrell and that, you know, he gave that stamp of approval. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see her show. I think it should be really fun. And the concerts outside, which also like makes it a lot of, uh, kind of exciting in its own way as well. So anyways, we are going to tap into the body of this podcast today, which is on burnout and also interior design. So like I shared at the beginning of this episode, so many of us have experienced burnout, especially post pandemic. I mean, we're all tired. This has been tough on all of us, especially because not only are our jobs really tough, but the world around us so much, um, is happening in our communities. It's really tough. And, um, yeah, it's just, let's just normalize that we've all felt it at some point. So Dr. Taylor and I, we just decided to bring this episode together to kind of bring a little light to what can we do when we feel burned out and what is burnout? How do we even know what that looks like for us? Um, and so we're going to start by me just asking Dr. Taylor a few questions about what burnout is. So maybe we can just start there, Dr. Taylor. So um, what is burnout and like, why is it a concern for us these days?
2: Yeah, so burnout is really emotional, physical, uh, mental exhaustion, um, and it's caused by excessive and long periods of stress. And it's what how we typically experience is the, this sense of being overwhelmed, emotionally drained. We have more difficulty um, with work tasks. We have a lack of motivation. um. And it really reduces our ability to do our jobs effectively. Um, And in many ways, burnout looks and feels like depression, but it's specific to work. Mm. So
1: yeah, for those of us out there like, okay, am I just depressed or am I burnt out? That's a good like little highlight there that you shared. And I was even think about like, I think a lot about like this phrase, um, overworked and underpaid. And like how, for a lot of us out there who are working, it's sort of like, okay, I'm working all these hours. I'm not being paid my worth. And that kind of leads to me feeling like I'm unappreciated. And then it's sort of like, we lose, like you said, Dr. Taylor, the motivation to clock into these jobs. You know what I mean? Have you seen that? Mm
2: -hmm. I have. And I think the one thing that distinguishes burnout from depression is that when you take someone outside of that environment away from the toxic work environment, typically that's when those symptoms that are like depression go away. So that's mm. how we know how to differentiate it. Um, I think they're in terms of the pay uh, aspect of it, that, is often a factor uh, that contributes to burnout. But I think what we know now is that even when you pay someone the amount that they want or the even when you pay someone more, if they're still doing the same amount of work that they've been doing, they're overworked, they're overwhelmed, and they don't have the resources to do their job effectively, they still will experience burnout. So that's really
1: helpful to hear that it doesn't matter really at, at that point. It's sort of just like, Am I overworked and am I doing something that lights me up or not? Um, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering about hustle culture because I know that was like a big thing for the last couple of years of like, oh, I'm gonna I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work hard. Or like, even just like the silence, I'm going to move in silence to like, do all these things for myself and uh, create this career that I know and love. Um, and then I'm going to talk about it. But so many of us are too tired to hustle. So what
2: is hustle culture about? I think hustle culture is, is on its way out. Honestly, I think it, I think with the pandemic brought a new wave of how we are looking at mental health and what that looks like in terms of our work uh, and our our overall well-being on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and so I think this idea of constantly working and uh, and you know putting in everything that you've got only to then be burnt out, is is sort of an an awakening that we're experiencing right now as a culture, as a society. Uh, yeah. so I think i'm I'm hopeful that it's it's the beginning of the end for for that
1: well you're I hope that you're right because I'm done with hustle culture myself. It's like no one has the time to hustle. Like we're all just trying to take one step at a time and really slow things down and listen to our bodies. I think that a lot of us are waking up to kind of listening to what can my body handle and what can't it um and really starting there and I think that's really a wonderful awakening for all of us. Um and that kind of leads to quiet quitting because I think that was like the big thing on TikTok. Um so what should we know about quiet quitting?
2: So quiet quitting is interesting. It's sort of a newer phenomenon. Um this idea that uh as people are sort of pulling pulling back as they are getting ready to leave their jobs. Um and sort of this idea of I'm not going to put in more work than what my job requires. And and being the type of employee that goes above and beyond can really come at a cost. Uh for us and and certainly setting boundaries within the workplace is really important. Um, but we also have to think about, so there are organizations that we like, we want to support and and uh, that we need. Uh, and so quiet quitting and burnout have become large problems and it affects us as as consumers too.
1: Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Um, and you know, we're talking about burnout now, there's been so much happening in the world. We kind of referenced earlier, the pandemic, uh, folks are kind of transitioning to working at home. Um, so what is the importance of like learning more about burnout now, uh, based on like the cultural influence?
2: So I think burnout has, it has huge, a uh, human impact but it has an organizational impact too that i that i sort of just mentioned i mean um at a at a human level it's a major concern because it impacts our health and and our well-being if we feel this way for a long period of time that is associated with poor health outcomes long term um but burnout is also contagious uh it, when people are burning out it affects their social interactions. It also leads to higher rates of people leaving their jobs. And when people leave their jobs, then someone has to pick up the work even if that's temporary. It's an added burn it, burden. uh and and with the pandemic, I think burnout burnout certainly existed before, uh but the pandemic exacerbated burnout and really moved it into in epidemic.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So this is something that we all need to really pay attention to. It's sort of like, okay, this has been happening for a while, like you shared, but there's all of these other, you know, um, how did you say it? Like contributions that we're sort of like awakening to now. And like, in terms of burnout, because we were talking about us all feeling it, do you, have you ever experienced it yourself, Dr. Taylor? And like, what did that look like?
2: Yes, I have. Uh, and it, it's actually what got me interested in burnout. Uh, I, you know, I'm a, a homelessness and housing researcher. So that's really been the area of work um, that uh, I focused on for for a while. And my own burnout is what led me to pursue more work uh, in this area and trying to help others who are experiencing burnout um for me it was really this inability to disentangle my sense of self as an employee as a worker from the other identities that i hold and mm. i was working from home during the pandemic I was working nonstop. I wrote a dissertation in the pandemic. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh and and I I worked day and night. I mean, I just there was no that social interaction was gone. And I, I think I realized too that I'm uh a little bit more of an extrovert than I thought I was. And that social element is really, really important for us as humans and Mm -hmm. uh, for combating burnout as well.
1: Mm, Yeah. I like that you highlighted the social connection piece because I think that's something that everybody can relate to. Just not you know, seeing your friends as much during the pandemic and how, you know, sometimes that could lead to just feeling lonely. And also I like the fact that you highlighted identity and how maybe focusing on one identity and one career or something like that, um, can lead us to feeling like, but there's so many other parts of myself that maybe I'm not tapping into. And, um, I think that you know, we had an episode on loneliness before, and we talked a little bit about like how loneliness is really around like us really not connecting to ourselves. And what you're saying is there, there are different parts of ourselves that we need to connect to. Um, so can you speak more on that? Cause I think that's a really important piece of what you're sharing is like, you have your identity with work and, um, the research that you do, but there's all these other identities that you also hold that you wanted to cultivate a relationship around.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we are all mul- multifaceted. Um, but I, I think for me in particular, I've sort of always felt like, uh, my right and left brain are in competition with one another that they just sort <laughs> of, all, I mean, that they, they want to be exercised. Um, and, and I think that we are, are doing a disservice to ourselves by, by not, um, exercising those parts of our, those parts of our brains, uh, by not, uh, expressing all aspects of our ourselves. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And,
1: you know, that's a good point. And I'm even thinking about my own experiences with burnout and just like the energetics around it. I feel like any time that I hit you know, a quote unquote rock bottom in my life where I was just like, oh my gosh, like totally burned out. I have no energy. Um, those were looking back some of the most beautiful moments in my life because I could take note of like what caused the burnout. And maybe I'm on a road that I don't necessarily want to stay on. And maybe it means I shift relationships. Maybe I shift work responsibilities. And so it really was more information about how to move forward. And so no burnout, you know, is not that great. Like it's really, it sucks to experience it. And kind of looking back on those moments for myself, they were just really good opportunities for growth and, or just shifting my life in some kind of way.
2: Yeah. I think, I think a lot of times, uh, through pain and through discomfort, that's when we experience growth. Uh, so it, it's good to remind those who are listening that there, there is hope on the other side. Um, and that, you know, this, this is, it's a big challenge. I mean, it really is an epidemic. Uh, and, and I do think that that one good thing with, um, with it becoming so pervasive is that it's getting more attention. So um, there's a heightened focus on us as human beings and how we interact with our environment um, and how we interact with our workplace. Um, So I think, I think that's one positive that's coming out of this. this I love that
1: piece. Yeah. I love that piece that you're sharing. It's just about like how, we are shifting the way we interact with our workspace. Um, and that kind of transitions us into talking more about design um, and how that looks. So you got involved in interior design. You kind of spoke a little bit about that, but I just love love to hear kind of a little bit more about like how, what is that relationship between creativity design and why is this something that could be
2: important for us to think about? So I think there, for me, there are, was not a lot of opportunity, uh, to express myself creatively. Um, and I have been a student for the majority of my life, for uh, way too many years to count, way too many years, um, 27 to be specific. (laughs) Uh, and, and in academia, um, there is sort of this, sense of you you are supposed to be a researcher, you are supposed to be an academic you you don't do things like design weddings you don't do things like design interiors um, but I would say pretty early on in in grad school i I was like this is this is not it for me this is not the this is not the total uh, the totality of my career. This is, um, this is sort of one aspect of what I want to do. And I want to ensure that there is room for expressing my creative self, which I had never really been able to express. Um, and the pandemic though, it brought that burnout. Uh, it also brought the opportunity for me to explore my creative side. Um, and so I got really interested in, in doing like digital design, um, with interiors, uh, doing wedding design. Um, I was even doing calligraphy. Uh, wow. so, I mean, it, it, in that sense, it, it also brought, um, brought the, an opportunity that I don't know I would have otherwise had and, And now I know that it's a side of myself that I, I I feel like I can't shut off and I don't want to shut off.
1: I think that's beautiful that you shared that, like, this is an area of your life that is so important to you is like this creative aspect of your journey. And, you know, a lot of us have these messages that come up within our inner compass, like with these messages of like, oh, I should be creative in this kind of way or you know scrapbooking or whatever mm-hmm. that might be for each person, um, but they may not act on those um, internal messages that are coming up for us. And so what made you actually act on them? Like you might have had the desire to work uh, on des- wedding design, calligraphy, like you mentioned, but like what put you into action?
2: Gosh, maybe it was like hitting rock bottom, like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, in terms of burnout, Mm -hmm. hitting rock bottom Mm -hmm. in terms of I, I need to do something else. I I need something else to, uh, to move away from only doing work all the time. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and it was also, I mean, you know socially and politically it was such a difficult time and uh and so i think yeah like i said it 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 was really through that pain and um just that wanting to get away from all of the sadness in the world that um did really end up motivating me to to pursue it um i think also my work um as a homelessness and housing researcher, very much overlaps with uh, my work or, or my interest and and creative side. Um, I I knew that I wanted those two to be intertwined. Um, I knew that I, you know, I, I don't want to walk away from that that aspect of myself either. Um, as a researcher, um, as a person who is committed to uh, serving those who have experienced Mm -hmm. homelessness. And, uh, and so this, this interest in interior design, while I'm, I'm also a homelessness and housing researcher, it's like, these are, yeah, these, these can work. These can work together. Um, and so, so that was also a big motivation.
1: Yeah. And it's all fit into like, your life purpose and what you're here to do and you're actually doing it. And I think that's so motivating for others who are listening because once we do hit that rock bottom or that burnout, it's like, well, I don't have the energy to get out there and do those things that I love. However, it's through, you know, those little steps towards the thing that you love is really going to give you the energy. Um, And that's, you know, it's hard. It's kind of like, it almost feels like uh counterintuitive in a way uh, as i think about it it's sort of like if you're burned out you have no energy but the cure <laughs> is really to get out there and do the things that you love and enjoy and so i love that example that you were able to give dr taylor so even if you love baking and you know you're working full time bake for an hour a week and send them to your friends. If it's, if it's something that's going to like really bring you joy, I think it's really wonderful that we can kind of tap into our creativity and find a little bit of excitement in our lives um, and meaning. Um, so that was really helpful. So if we are going to express ourselves creatively through design, what are some kind of like recommendations you might have? Because a lot of us aren't you know, HDTV professionals are like, know exactly what we're doing when it comes to design. And, but you know, you and I've had these conversations outside of this podcast where you always tell me like, Hey, you don't have to be a professional, but you can really make your space something beautiful and it could be really fun. And so I'd love to hear your tips on that.
2: Yeah. And I think, I I think actually that process can be a process that helps to, to reduce burnout. And I and I should mention uh to to anyone who's uh listening out there and is feeling like, well why why is it on me to do this? Um I, I do wanna acknowledge that burnout is a uh organizational phenomenon, that it's it's due to malfunctions and inefficiencies within the workplace. And it takes organizational and system level changes to uh change burnout at the level that we need it to change but there are ways that we can uh cope with burnout and and there are tools that we can use like uh design to to uh express our creativity and uh then subsequently reduce our burnout um, yeah,
1: I I'm glad that you highlighted the systemic issue because like so many of us are like, is it something, you know, I'm doing, and yes, there are things that you can do, like you said, and we'll tap into more of that later, but like there is a systemic issue at play that that's the bigger problem. And there needs to be so many more shifts there before we can reduce burnout overall and collectively. So thank you for just like highlighting that piece, Dr. Taylor, because I think that's really important for the listeners to hear, um, especially for a lot of us that are struggling through like jobs that have been really tough Mm -hmm. um, to manage in terms of obligations um, and productivity, all that stuff. Um, So yeah, I'd love to hear just like your advice on like, where do we get started? Like, you know, give us all the tea
2: i mean truly h g t v does help a lot, but there's also <laughs> youtube i always say youtube university um and mm-hmm. and just i you know i think in in doing um you know if you're if you're interested in pursuing uh, design yourself like making changes to your space yourself it's an opportunity to practice those um components of um a burnout reduction that uh, that we really need and that we ourselves can can take control of and and put into action. So things like um, you know painting and putting up wallpaper, you can learn how to do that on TikTok. You can learn how to do it on YouTube, um, and it's also an an opportunity to practice that self compassion. Um, that mindfulness. Uh, I promise you that putting up wallpaper for six hours will will keep you in the moment. Um, oh yeah, and, and it requires a lot of patience, and so it might not be for everyone. Um, but it's it's been for me really a challenge to um, to accept that I am doing this for the first time. Um, and I am, I'm learning and I'm growing. And so, you know, when, when that wallpaper didn't go up perfectly, it's like, okay, I can, I can be okay with this. This is the first time I've ever done this. So, um, just giving yourself some, some forgiveness and some grace. Um, and also just sort of relishing in, in that it takes a lot of time Um, I'm always shocked by how long, uh, interior design projects actually take. And when it's just you doing it, um, there's, there's a lot of patience required, but I think, uh, I would just encourage those who are, who are listening and who are interested in doing it on their own to, um, sort of, uh, enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts, um, Mm -hmm. So enjoy
1: the process
2: and stay mindful and give yourself
1: grace. Like nothing has to be perfect. It's all part of the creative process. And, um, it's interesting you mentioned that because my mom, she is a painter and, um, you know, growing up, I used to always ask her if I was doing anything artistic. Uh, I would say like, Hey mom, can you like look at this and like fix the details? I wanted things to be perfect. And she always used to tell me, that's the point of being an artist is that it's your work and the way that it turns out is the way it's supposed to be. And, um, I think that, you know, even back then I didn't think of it as like a mindful practice, but it is sort of like this idea that this is your art. This is something that speaks to you. This is a way of expressing mm-hmm. yourself and it's not really, um, you know, open for criticism. It's really just time yeah. to just have fun and maybe listen to music while you're doing it. And it, just enjoy the process. Like you shared.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there, it it should be fun. Um, and it's not always fun, but it's, uh, it's sort of something that you're building and, and creating. And, um, and I, I think that part for me has been sort of an escape from work. So right now I'm, I'm renovating my home office. Um, and, and there, there will be days that I'm like, okay, I could spend, you know, on the weekend, I could spend eight hours today working on this space. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't want to spend all eight hours doing this. I want to sort of take 15 minutes here and there throughout the week. Like that's part of my my break uh, at work is like I'm I'm fixing the trim on my windows. Um, so things like that. I. I encourage uh, those who are listening to, to try to, to do that if that's possible.
1: And what you were sharing just around like um, small spaces, I know that we've talked a lot about that as well. Like even if a lot of us are, you know, now living in really small spaces and we work from home and we also like we live at home. And so like, what are some tips you may have for people who have like super small spaces, but they like, kind of want to make it creative and make it their own?
2: Well, my office is an eight, eight foot by eight foot room. It's a, a square. So it's super tiny. Um, and I, I, decided a few months ago that it it had really become, I mean, I, I love furniture and I love interior design. So I have a little bit of a furniture shopping problem. Um, but I also, uh, had, it had become cluttered. It, I was, my desk was facing a wall and I have two walls that are full, full of windows. So it just, it, it was like not functioning in the right way at all. Um, and I decided that I needed to clear a lot of things out and, uh, I wanted to make it a space that, uh, I want to come into every day, um, because I do spend a lot of time here. So I think that there are a lot of opportunities to do creative things with small spaces. I actually sort of get my thrills from it. Um, so yeah. I love that.
1: And I was even thinking about like the neuroscience behind like our space and just having like a clean, uncluttered space. So even if like you're not ready to design yet. Taking a few things off the counter, um, you know, that's going to decrease our distractibility, our irritability during the day, and it's going to help us become more productive. So even if you kind of clear off a few islands in your house or even just cleaning your desk, your home desk spacing and making it kind of neat and clean will help you feel really, really rejuvenated. Um, And I also like kind of what you said around just like listening to your own guidance around like what you think would be helpful and not helpful. Because in my space, I know like I, well, we're friends, you obviously know me, but like I'm a colorful person. (laughs) So like I'm wearing white right now today, but like usually I'm wearing bright colors and like I want to be the bright spot in my space. So everything around me and Dr. Taylor knows she's been to my space everything around me is like neutral. So like a lot mm-hmm. of white and that really helps like the space where the space is like not the center of attention. I am. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> and then that. the space, you know, can be sort of like neutral and calming. Um, And so is, does that have like something significant to it that like people need to kind of like listen to what their preferences are when they're designing and that might help them feel excited
2: about design? Oh, absolutely. I think that that is everything about it is that's what is motivating about it is that it is a reflection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in our best interest to be very intentional about what type of energy we want to generate in the space as we're designing. So uh, with my home office, it was like, I'm painting the walls black, um, which I know sounds very scary to a lot of people, but uh, black actually brings a lot of comfort and and ease. Um, and then I made sure that all of the things, uh, everything else is very is very bright. Um, and so, but I I needed that I needed to feel comfortable in this space. Like I needed to know that I can be here and relax and and focus uh and and i think you know if it's if it's your bedroom you want it to be more like a retreat um so bringing those serene elements um that are also representative of you as an individual i think that's the most fun aspect of interior design is actually figuring out how to bring out the person's personality and and ensure that someone walks in a room and is like this is Dr. Nina.
1: Yeah. And thank you for highlighting that piece because like a lot, I've I've heard people say, oh, I'm going to design for others. Like, oh, my mom, my mother-in-law is going to really like this. Or like when people come over, they're going to feel comfortable. You know, sometimes we're more like outwardly focused on like what other people might think when they enter our space. But I like that you're saying that it's actually more important that we like how our space looks and how our space makes
2: us feel. Oh, absolutely. I think, and, and the pandemic, I mean, we spend so much more time at home. Uh, at least I think a lot of us do than, uh, we ever did before the pandemic. And it, I think that was also part of my, uh, awakening and, um, connection to interior design is I am spending night and day in my house. I want it to be a space that I, am excited about every day.
1: Yeah. So it is worth our time to think a little bit about the design. And even if you're, you know, strapped for cash and you may not be able to do anything, you know, elaborate, that one simple thing or that one little change can really make a difference when it comes to our space. And so um I'm wondering, you know, as we kind of like wrap this up, this has been so helpful. I'm, I'm thinking about like, what are other ways to cope with burnout? Because of course, uh, using our creativity and making sure that we explore ourselves in um, sort of like this dynamic way is really important. And maybe some people may not be as interested in design. Maybe they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're taking a small step there, but what are maybe some other tools that we can have in our toolbox around coping with burnout?
2: I think some of the bigger ones that... uh we as individuals can do our um mind any type of mindfulness practice is really important breath exercises um guided imagery uh exercise is enormously important uh also uh social interactions um i mean i think that's that's really what we are seeing in terms of the burnout epidemic that is largely at the core of, of the issue um, is that we are moving away from those, you know, those water cooler moments um, where we get to know people and connect with them on a different level. Uh, and it's just all work meetings. So I think I would say those are, those are three big ones that, that comes those are to mind. great ones. Yeah. yeah Do yeah. you
1: have any? I was thinking too, like, um, those are the ones that I think are major ones that you already noted. I was also thinking just around like, um, journaling can be helpful just Mm -hmm. to get a sense of like how you're feeling and sort of like labeling those feelings. A lot of times we get so overwhelmed and so burned out that like, we're not even thinking through what are my emotions and how do I feel about this and really connecting to self, sometimes the journaling can be helpful there. Um, I was also thinking about um, just grounding the nervous system a little bit when we're super burned out. So whether mm-hmm. that's like taking your shoes and socks off and like getting uh, getting in the lawn and just kind of walking around in a park mm-hmm. somewhere, um, or uh, my clients always laugh at me because I always tell them to hug a tree because the energy from a tree is really wonderful. <laughs> and mm-hmm. grounding. Connecting um, to nature. Also- Yes, a hundred percent, yeah, nature, so many wonderful uh you know qualities around nature, all the research says you know nature is a great uh you know alleviator of any stress, um and then I would say the last piece is maybe like activity pacing, so if you're out there and you're really overwhelmed with work, something that could be helpful is if you you know, dedicate 20 minutes to your, what you're doing, your productivity, your work. And then you take five minutes of rest Mm -hmm. to maybe take a deep breath. I know so many people that like plow through those emails so quick and they're just like holding their breath the entire time. And so just like taking a breath and getting back to the work can be really helpful. So those like little mini things that we can do throughout the day to uh, recalibrate our nervous system. So uh, yeah, the larger ones you already hit Dr. Taylor, but I think those other ones can be really helpful. Um, okay. And you know, for those of you who are listening all the way to the end of this episode for Dr. Taylor's music suggestions, um, I would love to hear, you know, of course, this is probably maybe a little bit hard of a question since you love music so much, but I'd love to hear what your, some songs that you might recommend for us to listen to.
2: Well, um, I have a few um, that are sort of interior design related Uh related to the home, um, and related to burnout. Um, so I would say, uh, one is, uh, in my apartment. Um, such a good one, such a good one. Um, Beyonce's last album really overall, but, um, break my soul is such a good one. Um, I mean, it's really, I feel like it's about sort of this, movement to, uh, do what you are passionate about and, and be who you are, um, and not be, uh, limited by your work. Um, and, uh, let's see. Um, I also love, there's an artist called, uh, her name is Pip Millett. Um, I, I really love her. Um, and I think, this song that i'm thinking of is called my way and it's very much i think it's actually about a relationship but in in my mind i always like to think of it as sort of like my relationship to design um or to that that part of myself um and and so if you think about it through that lens it might it might speak to you as well
1: wonderful well we have our music selections ready to go queued up on spotify Um, where can people find you, Dr. Taylor? It's really cool that you were able to kind of share about your own life journey, um, your professional background, and also just how you've made creativity a part of your life and how it's just like encouraging for others to do the same. I know you've been so influential in my own life as my own friend, um, just around encouraging those pieces of my, my life as well. So, um, where can people find you?
2: You can find me at uh, at Soul Key Studio. So that's S-O-U-L-K-E-Y studio uh, on Instagram and uh, on Twitter at Dr. Taylor Harris. Thank you for having me, Nina. Of
1: course. Of course. Um, so you can find me Dr. Nina at Dr. Nina Polina on Instagram. Um, I'll also place our contact information in the show notes. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Remember this is not therapy or medical advice, but we hope you have picked up a gem or two for yourself or for a loved one. Happy designing everyone. Dr. Taylor, thank you for an enlightening and energizing
2: episode. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story, and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single On Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single On Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.